so so we're already recording, right? Yeah, it's going. We can do whatever okay. we want. So this is the intro to our first pilot show. We have not named yet. I keep thinking of today. My name for it is Fuck You Empty Nesting. Okay. <laughs> and that we'll get to we'll get to that in, in a little bit. But, yeah, but it may um, not be that important. Yeah, but that's a placeholder. It's a that's relevant for who we are, how we talk, and what we're feeling right now. So there you go. But anyway, this is basically the pilot show to a podcast inspired by um, our son's friend, who has now become our friend, a guy named Andy Best. You're going to want to follow his stuff. He's a wonderful photographer. Has something to do with National Geographic. Honestly, I don't know, but he's had he just had a baby. They had a baby. They got two babies, a, actually. They, they got two babies. They decided to add one in the middle of a pandemic, which uh, that was that was bold. Known on on Instagram, you can find him at lone.bison, and you can also follow him at andy.best. He's a photographer that a friend uh, that our our son hooked up with, and has just recently come off of a, uh, a trip with uh, from Baja, Mexico, back to Bend, Oregon, where there are two. There we're all hanging out here. Yep. And we didn't know Andy at all, but apparently Andy knows everything about us because our son has been talking about his family, our kids. We, we naturally get along with our kids. Our kids always talk about um, their parents to their friends, which is kind of weird. But um, they. But it is kind of cool because Andy learned about us, knew yeah. about us. Austin went on a Baja trip with them because of photography business and everything. And um, Andy came back, met Jen, I think, and just crushed on her heart or something. I don't know. Well, I would say he's, crazy. he's got a wife. And yeah, children, but no, so. he's Jen's fan. Yeah, he's a fan. I would say like he liked my work a lot. He crushed on my work. So let's play by that. Yeah. Andy and Bess yeah. and I are not having an affair. But he thinks you're hot. <laughs> I don't know. He's never said that. He thinks my writing is pretty pretty on point. And Andy, I could, let me know. She is hot. I am hot, but I don't want to start any... I don't want to be the, the, the demise of somebody's family life. Hey, Erica and Andy are good-looking people. Well, we'll talk about that be. in our swinger show that is probably coming yeah. down the pipeline at some point. You'll want to join back for that, I promise. Um, anyway... Back to Andy Best. They were uh, we're all hanging out a bit. Andy's been reading a lot of my books and uh, hanging out with Austin, who's naturally talking about his parents and, and just our relationship. And he's raising two young kids, so he's really interested in the whole family dynamic, especially because we have traveled a lot in our life. Like Andy's raising his kids on the road. We've already done that. We've we've raised three kids on the road full time. So he's you know naturally gravitating towards a lot of the life lessons. That's what I was saying. Is Andy thought you were hot, and then oh my God, you're gonna start so much <laughs> shit. And then, um, no, he became a fan of yours, and then he started digging, like, y'all were getting along, Austin yeah. had talked about you months into it or whatever. He likes tequila, I like tequila, yeah. And then, they, for some reason, he starts texting Jen, like, oh, well, he got her book. You gave him your I book. I gave him a copy of my book. He's reading the book and freaking out, then he has to learn more about our origins, which was barenakedfamily.com and some of that stuff, and there was media involved, and so they were revisiting a lot of that, and oh, then he really right. lost they, his mind. Yeah, he was like, he oh my god, I had no idea it was like this. Yeah, he and, watched a lot of our old video clips with Austin, on a lot of our news, ABC Nightline, things like that, so yeah. he was like, Austin, no I didn't know it was this big, like, your family story is this big, and Austin's like, yeah, we're pretty cool. <laughs> and and to, to, this was big before MySpace, even. I mean, this was not... You know, this was before you social know media you were something and all that. if you could say before MySpace. Like, I know, you've been at right? this a long ass yeah, time. Yeah, this was just silly website stuff. That so Andy's reading and texting me every three sentences of my book going, Oh my God, Jen, this is so hilarious. Oh, I can't believe you're saying these things. And 
I say a lot of things in my book, so I'm like, where are you at? Because I don't, you know, this could be any point of my story. Let me interrupt you there, because where are you at? This is interesting. We just passed Facebook data servers out of Primeville, Oregon. Yep, so all my shit's right there, basically. All your shit's right there. Yeah, Facebook was a big thing, but anyway. So, that's part of... Right now we're driving. That's why you hear road noise and all that. Oh, I don't yeah. know if we're there in the outline yet, but anyway. No, well, we're getting there, but yes. Um, so anyway, this whole podcast is inspired by Andy, who would not stop talking about how you have so many stories and things I hope to learn from and that I want to know more about, period. So you got to start telling your stories. You so gotta he start... corners us at the campsite. He literally cornered us at the campsite <laughs> the other day. I love it so much. I, you know, you throw your stuff out there, you write some books, you get a lot of emails every now and then, then it'll slow down. You won't hear any from anybody for a long time. Andy has like been like this revitalization in my my book writing career, which is it comes at a great time because I've been kind of down on some stuff. And, and, and just finished her third epic book. Yes, and I'm well, just which almost ready for brings publish. me to the whole point of why Andy's inspiration and constant nagging to do a podcast is important is because I have just finished writing my third book and I love writing and I love the process of writing and I'm really fucking good at it but I'm also tired of it like I don't I'm I'm not tired in the sense that I want to give it up but I'm just like I want to find new ways to generate content like, like new platforms and given this pandemic everybody's at home looking for something new and um different or you know let me just stop you right there because i want to add right now that jen's mind the way jen's mind works is not how she published three books (laughs) (laughs) publishing three books requires project management skills organizational skills long-term thinking um outlines outlines chapters storylines that last through patience all these kinds of things and she did that and it's freaking incredible but she it, it, it's not my it's forte. an emotional ro- roller coaster for her and not her forte it's not it's and not i'm okay hers. with that so, because i'm a very extremely she sees the picture she wants to write the book right there but she wants to yeah. write 80 chapters in a, like an hour yeah and i want to be done I, it, rough draft first draft is the published book yeah and uh so i have to really throttle myself and i have to learn to like work like an adult and to do these things <laughs> in an adult manner and that is very difficult for me because I've just, um, I've, I have been diagnosed ADHD, know that totally. The girl can talk. Wouldn't doubt if I'm on the spectrum. Um, and I don't make, I'm not making fun of that. I don't need your emails and texts about all that stuff. I really, there, there's a long history of that that goes in my background that I believe that that fits for me. So doing what was things the in the adult world is very different for me. Not autism, but the other spectrum side of that was... What was the kid from Parenthood? Uh, d- d- Remember, it was what's like in the bag, Gary? different than yeah. No, I'm not a serial killer. I'm not. No, the Parenthood series. Oh, that guy. What yeah, was that? the Aspergers. Aspergers. Yeah. So we're we're self-diagnosed. We think Jen might have Aspergers. <laughs> Well, he might think that I absolutely know I do, so I'm totally cool <laughs> yeah. with that. But I'm really grateful because like it brings like this whole thing into my 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 way of thinking, my life, my. That's how I'm a visualist. I tell these stories and I and I have this impatience to tell them and everything. Now, see, uh, there's the ADHD kicking in. I lost sight of where I was going. New ways to generate content. So Look writing back. is very Wait, methodical. I want to commend you that Thank she did you. an outline on the drive right before now. Yeah. And so she's even going to try here. I've got four yellow papers in my hand that I'm desperately trying to stay on track for. So uh, this is taking an enormous amount of concentration. So... Uh, I'm the one that's going to sound like I'm going to be bringing us back to point, and that's going to be a first in our marriage. 
Okay, so I've been doing the writing. I really, I love writing, but I'm, I'm looking for a new way to generate this content because I'm kind of tired of the writing process. And where I was going with that earlier is talking about the pandemic. Um, because I write, I send it off to editors and I send off my book covers to graphic designers. So I get I have to get on everybody else's schedules. And right now, everybody's schedules are completely fucked up. I have no timeline of when I'm going to get my stuff back because now people aren't getting paid for their work and they're having to look elsewhere to do their stuff. And I pay for my work, to be very clear. I just, you know, I'm going to be smaller beans compared to some of the contracts that they get. And so my work gets kind of dished around a little bit, and that's cool. But anyway, looking for new ways to generate content, I need to bring all that stuff back in-house while we're going through this new normal crap and figure out how to kind of keep more control of the timelines in which I can deliver my products. Right now, I've got a finished book that is in various states from the graphic designer to the editor and what they're responsible for turning out and returning to me. So I'm just kind of in limbo, and I've got these people asking me, when is your book due? And I'm like, I can't even tell you. I feel like you need to go back to the outline. Okay. <laughs> We're back on the outline. Well, it was right there. New ways to generate content slash pandemic slash Andy Best won't stop nagging us to do a podcast. So that's where we're going to give this pilot a shot. And you seriously didn't catch that you were the one that was going to keep going back to the outline and I just told you to go back to the outline. I'm catching a lot of things right now. Okay. okay. So, I'm, okay. Back to the outline. So, which is the last thing on our yellow paper number one for an outline, which says uh, driving, telling stories, dash cam. So where most people sit in front of a microphone and we'll, you know, polish these up and make them really nice sounding and everything. We don't function like that. Every time we sit down and try to generate content in a professional setting, it sounds We've contrived. Literally bought five different microphones. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we bought five different microphones, tried them out one at a time, drove an hour to the store to return them, drove an hour home with the new one. Oh, this that was one. two years ago, yeah. too. Yeah. And tried them, and then tried to do it in air conditioning in a trailer park. In Texas. In Texas. And you can't, I tried to turn off the AC, but I died within five minutes, so I had to put podcasting on hold, which now, you know, we're in a different location. This is a great transition into yellow paper number two for the next part of our outline. Which is? Um, anyway the Warden Bend. I couldn't podcast No, why we're podcasting. Right, well, why we're podcasting. But like driving in the truck and what the noises you're going to hear and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so let's wrap up yellow paper number one on the outline is um, we're driving, we don't do things really well when we have to sit down in front of a microphone and, and script it all out real professionally and, and, and sit there and look at each other and try to edit or try to speak. You know, we start getting antsy, we get mad at each other, we usually hate that project we never come back to it again it's hard so our medium is jumping in the truck and going on drives we drive across the country for our lifestyle anyway for our work for our pleasure literally it's a hobby driving like, is we bought a really nice truck way out of our league to go driving more uh, excuse we, me it wasn't out of our league when we were making the big ass <laughs> money before true. you got laid off it's out of our league now but that's okay <laughs> we still have it we're making payments but it's uh Driving, driving is our thing. Driving's our hobby, man. This is like people yeah. jog and people hike and people, what else? Um, Rock climb and all yeah. kinds of stuff, right? We're none of those things we at all. We drive and we talk and we rehash old stories between each other. Mm -hmm. And we have a dash cam and I pulled it up and we were like, holy shit, oh, this thing catches audio good, and it's yeah. fine. And it's, you hear a truck noise and it's raining today. So it may come and go weird like that too. We don't and the know windshield wipers. Yeah, we don't know. So that's 
I don't, you know, we don't need to hear about the audio quality and everything. If we're not trying to be like other podcasts, we're just trying to be Greg and Jen. And, and make it actually produce something. And, and actually produce something that we've long, long wanted to do. So, so our drive today. Go right? ahead. Well, it's not on the outline, but you're already starting. So our drive today <laughs> is we're coming out of Bend, and it was supposed to be on our outline. I don't think you forgot to write it down. But uh, we're coming out. because you were talking too much. Probably. 200 on Juniper Canyon. Okay, so our drive today is we're in our 2018 Ram Longhorn Edition, which is really freaking like a luxury truck car kind of thing, which is awesome. And we're sitting on heated seats and rain, and it is 48 degrees outside and wet and raining in central Oregon outside of Bend, and we're going to... Yeah, it's raining again in Oregon. But we're in the high desert, and she doesn't seem to get this, but she will. As soon oh, as I seem right. to get it. It's raining everywhere I look. It's raining. And so she hates the rain here and loves the rain in Texas. Go figure. I do. I do. You're damn right I do. Last, last eight minutes. And she hates all the trees here and loves the all trees the trees. Here. The trees here are amazing. They're beautiful. They're sequoias, they're and they're evergreen, and like your soul. Hey, Ed Sheeran. Go on. So it's beautiful driving through the countryside, Prineville, Oregon, past the Facebook server, Day of Bank thing, going out to the reservoir. I actually want to buy a farm right now really bad because we pass all these farms with irrigation and cows and it's freaking beautiful and amazing out here. And you got the Cascade Mountains in the west, which are all snow-capped in, what are we, in May? Uh, yes, we are And so it gets up to 70, 80 degrees sometimes in the day right now, and other days it's 48 degrees and raining. And the nights are nice and cool. And the high desert, we're at about 4,000 some odd feet, and it's high desert and a very dry climate. Dry. Except for today and like. Except for today, but the other day and the other day before that. After the three weeks of bright sunshine. Three weeks of bright sunshine, yeah. Maybe more and coming up on. There's 300 days of sunshine a year here. You can't see it too because of the trees. And it's not that green. There's no moss. The trees are really widespread. We did like that as opposed to like the Seattle. In Astoria, Oregon, the coastal forests are real thick, and these are real uh, thinned out, and you can see through them. Yep. The ones on the coast are suffocating. Yeah, like. She doesn't like the coast. I like the coast a lot. So where I'm trying to bring it back to the outline is like this is the conflict in our marriage because I'm a Texas person and he, he is a Texas person and he. Acts I love like Texas he's not, for winter. Right. Well, Texas we, we grew is up. Amazing. We, we, we grew up there. Some of us were born there. Some of us had to be moved there, but. Hey, you love the Northwest. So in 98, we grew up in Texas. In 98, we got pills moved. I for to... the ADHD. I didn't know what I was thinking. That's how we literally on drugs when we were up here. So the company moves us to Seattle area. We fell in love with it. She absolutely loved it. We I bought did. an old house. She absolutely loved it. I did. She took us You're out of wrong. Austin in the middle of a giant career boom when things were going great. She says, remember 2010? And she says, let's go back to Seattle. And I'm I like, we're going to lose that. all our income. We're going to lose everything we just built. I remember that. And so we did that in a 1969 Ultra Van and lost all our money and couldn't find a job in Seattle and tucked tail and went back. Another story, another time. And then we came back to the yeah. Northwest it after, happens. oh, and you were wanting to do that I after did. a coffee I did. shop stint. I did. And she was like back. dying and we decided to move to a store. I wasn't dying about it, but I was no, like, No, she yeah. was loving it. But we chose Astoria, yes. Oregon that time. And then that's where it went bad for her, was we were in Astoria, ended up in this place in Seaside, which was in the trees on the coast, 
and it literally heard the waves crashing. It was awesome. It was really cool. Our street dead ended in the Pacific Ocean. It wasn't a luxury, big, beautiful California type of house oh, or anything like that. It was a great beach cottage. It was a, cool as yeah, hell. We were tucked in the trees, but this is where it's not my fault. And I will agree with you that I have loved coming up here for a lot of years, bro. But um, <laughs> those years are long gone, I think. However, okay, I'm calling you dude then. Okay, you can call me dude. Really? Um, you always bitch about it. <laughs> so, this is where it went bad. Is then this is a great segment into yellow paper number two um, on the outline. Oh hell! Is um, I think we're going to be really good at podcasting. Actually, I'm starting to feel like <laughs> this is our thing now. Um, is the empty nesting? Yes, I. Yes, is it true, Your Honor? Yes, I did want to come up here one, two, and three times. Guilty! <laughs> Guilty! I object <laughs> to your sarcasm. So the guilty of loving the Northwest, and I love the Northwest so much. Well, Greg is pretty passionate. She hates the Northwest. She loves Texas on 110 degree swamp fever weather. Yeah, and I love tacos, and I love brisket, and I love Southern hospitality, and I love my people. I love and it all. she loves her kids who are up in the Northwest yes. of Colorado. Okay, so, so anyway, back screwed. to it. Go ahead. You left us off in Seaview, and yes, I agree. I loved moving up here all those fucking times before. And most of them were great. We had great experiences. And I never felt the way that I felt after leaving this last time uh, a few years ago when we empty nested on the fucking Oregon coast. That was the most dreadful, miserable time of my life. Because not only was we, were we living in this blustery, fucking perfect storm weather that was rattling our windows with 90 mile an hour winds tucked in these trees where it never saw sunlight with beating down rain sideways. My kids, we all empty nested. We empty nested at that time in our life. And my, I was gone on a full-time job too, 40, 50 hours. Right. And that was unusual for us because we had just had a 14, 15 something year long independent career where Greg and I were working together. Which is why I want to go independent again. Well, that's what we're trying. We're on fucking yeah. paper number two. We're getting there. So, she wants me to go get a job again in Ohio. No, I want my comfortable lifestyle back before the <laughs> pandemic. I don't care how you make the money, bitch. Just make me that money again. Uh, she likes paying for the luxury truck like I do. Yeah, well, it's in my name, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have the credit. <laughs> yeah. So, somebody's got to pay for this truck. And, Tell me how know. that works, too. 27 years married, and she's got way better credit than I do. Yeah, please tell me how that works. I don't know how that I got works. I got a zero dollar a year rider income. No, I don't. I have a little bit, but it's not a lot. <laughs> um, I go into the stores and I'm like, please, with my rider wages, would you give me a eighty-four thousand dollar truck? <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's why I love Texas. Anything's possible. Anything. <laughs> they did. Anyway. Brought that freaking place, but go ahead. So that's where my despise for Oregon and the Northwest set in is because I felt like my whole life came apart. There's a lot of deeper stories there. Maybe that should be for another podcast, but I literally lost my shit as a parent, as a full-time parent has, has dedicated her whole life since I was 17 years old. You guys, this guy knocked me up when I was 17 years old. So I haven't had anything but my family, my children and my husband. And all of a sudden it goes away in the middle of this blustery. I was not flirting with nurses. What? This is news to me. What? <laughs> oh, I just I was at the hospital job. You're oh, accusing, okay. You're accusing me. Okay, no, he just went to go make money because uh, when you move to the middle of nowhere, Oregon, on the coast, there's not. We had um, we had been doing our independent location work, programming software, crap, whatever, and uh, we had a government contract that dried up, and when the government shut down, 
ending our work, so we had to go find work. That was at the same time we empty nested. Greg went back to work, so all of a sudden, all three of my kids are gone, my husband's gone, and I'm left in this dark, dreadful, old beach cottage. It was really cute, but it, the, everything just started sinking in for me, and I mentally went to a whole other place that I've never gone to in my life, and it was a, it was a full-on breakdown. And, uh, so the point of that is, is she hates the Northwest because of that. Now we're in the high desert and because she's Asperger's doesn't put that together. <laughs> that it's a lot like Texas. She sees the evergreen trees and goes, screw this place. And actually we came up here in November. Well, so it was snowy and wetter and colder because it's winter in central Oregon. Right. And we haven't hit the summer, which is long, hot desert days, swimming. But we're in the pandemic too, so great. Northwest just ain't working out real well for me. <laughs> and I just want to point out that we drove this truck brand new. We have we've already hit it four times in Oregon, and we never hit it once driving. We did out. not hit it four times. Twice. I you hit that that lady hit you in, in downtown Bend, right? Yeah. I backed into that girl on the street. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Um. Then we got sideswiped. Wait, where was the other one? Then I backed into that. You backed into the Oregon truck. Oregon truck. So is it three times? I feel like... Okay, it's three times. I forgot about you backing into the lady. Yeah. Which was kind of convenient because the bumper was already under repair for that. Yeah, and so... The lady didn't care and Jen gave her 50 bucks to go away. <laughs> yeah. <I was> like, <laughs> can I give you 52 I gave her $52. $56. $56. It's, it's what you had, honey. I understand. Okay. <laughs> $56. $56. There's that. There's, there's me. There's Jen kicking in. No, I need everybody knows $56, not $52. Um... <laughs> Never say 50 around her. Fitty. <laughs> okay, so anyway, that's that's the conflict in our marriage is oh the Oregon-Texas thing. Um, that's the conflict? That's a conflict? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a podcast number two I hear coming oh my up? Oh, God. Yeah, we're conflicting over work right now. Is that on the outline? Yeah, well, it, I think it's, it's in the whole... So we're all screwy on work right now. So basically, so yeah. So the we're this podcast, this pandemic gives me time to, to do this podcast. Oh, I think we're going to end with that. So screw it. Let's do that okay. later. All right. So we're bored and bin. We talked about the empty nesting, our conflict in marriage because, like, we did what we didn't do is that we were living a life in Texas before the pandemic, before um, you know we get into this whole empty nesting thing. Our kids were already gone. We've been working on our own for. We've been empty nested for like five years now, and we've just gotten comfortable or, or getting more comfortable with it, you know? Um, yeah, but still like, fuck you, empty nesting. Yeah, it's not, it's, it never gets easy. You know, they say, you know, I, I say parenthood doesn't end, and people are like, oh, no, your children will always need you and all that stuff, and it's bullshit. They need money, but that's that never goes away. But um, what the part of parenthood that we were really good at and that we really liked is over and it will never ever be duplicated not even through the grandkids because if everybody tries to soften your empty nesting you know bitching about like oh wait for your grandkids and i'm like well that's great but like that's still years away and also those are somebody else's kids i don't get to do with them what i would want to do like i did with my kids so um our conflict in marriage has been we've been in texas for the last few years working a very lucrative high-paying job which we're really good at which we really like Greg 
pretty much does all that. I get to pop in and help him with it and do my writing on the side or whatever. But we, it's very complimentary to the traveling lifestyle we live. We travel every three or four months, go yeah. build a place. And it was a great gig to put Greg outside in Texas heat, which is why he primarily hates Texas in the sun. I know, but he also put a lot of money in Greg's bank account too for his highfalutin truck that he loves to drive so much too. Yeah, and they so, took a lot of hours out of it too as I sat there in the air conditioning because Jackass wouldn't give me a, a job trailer. trailer true that that's not jen's fault though so um, no it's totally your fault what are you talking about you, you don't have a job trailer <laughs> um maybe you need a set of bigger balls to be a Fine. construction worker have you seen all the rv parks out here no i'm trying to stay focused and keep my reading glasses on which means i can't see shit out here because it's all blurry mm -hmm. so anyway one i think we can build one out here too i wonder if they have monthly sites that aren't two thousand dollars go ahead um, our conflict in our marriage is obviously very clear. One of us likes to be here, the other one doesn't. And I thought when we came up here, are we, we tend, where I was going with that is we were in Texas, we were working, we were making a ton of money, and we got emotionally charged about our job and like being away from our kids. And the holidays were coming up and we're like, this is a great transition. She hates her children. Yeah, I fucking hate the children. I hate them. I hate them so much. Is that a good transition for Sonny's picture? Hold on, I'm Googling something. How to murder your own children. <laughs> oh, okay. She wants to get away from the children so bad. That is not, oh my God, I just want tacos again. <laughs> so there's the conflict. Tacos or children, that's, that's what she's struggling with. Tacos seem to like love me more. Look at me. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tacos we came up here. Oh my God, okay. Just real quick, I want to plug um, okay. nachos. Really, really good nachos that Jen makes, but she can't make it for less than 200 people <laughs> at a time. And so we end up with leftovers that nachos, they're nachos. You throw them away, right, when you're done? Yeah. The other night we saved them, and the next day... Because of pandemic. Because of pandemic. <laughs> so we saved this tray of, you know, one-fourth eaten nachos, and then we made... Chips and all. Chips and everything, and so the chips get soggy when you save them, which is why you don't save nachos. And then we made them into nacho tacos the and soft day. tortilla shells the Chips next day. And oh my gosh. Yep, they were actually pretty freaking good. They were amazing. Yeah, so nacho, nachos one night, nacho tacos the next night. And this man thinks he has problems being married to me. You're good Mexican, Jim. Thank you. And I am Mexican, so everybody knows. Let's get that set straight because you're gonna hear me refer to missing my Mexicans. And it's not a racial term, it's a true feeling in my heart. Uh, by the way, Bend, Oregon, people I worked with, I said Mexican and they said that's insulting and they were white. <laughs> they said, isn't that racist? We're like, isn't that racist? Um, no. I'm like, I'm married to a Mexican, I'm from San Antonio. They're Mexicans. They come, They're from, come Mexico. from Mexico. That's what That's <laughs> what they call themselves. Why is that offensive? And apparently it's offensive on the West Coast. Again, this is one of the problems I have being here. Okay. <laughs> she hates Californians. Everybody hates Californians. <laughs> not California. That ain't Jen's fault. That ain't Jen's fault. Okay, so, okay. We are halfway through yellow paper number two. Um, it's probably getting a little ADHD in here right now, so. Oh my God, so bad. All right, so let's start talking about how we came up. We the, didn't time this either, did we? No, that's what? okay. It's a pilot. I think you can do whatever you want in a pilot. Okay. I think that just, there's Free zero bucks given. It's but. beautiful, by the way. We're driving through a canyon down to Prineville Reservoir, kind of canyon-ish great views go ahead okay does that say resort area yeah i can't see anything. oh there's the lake right there i can't see anything with these red oh, glasses okay let's uh let's let's focus here because now we're coming into the meat of why we're doing this pilot okay okay um so 
this pandemic has caused us a lot of time off. We're now six weeks unemployed, um, still waiting to hear from unemployment. Uh, so we're just kind of riding it out, waiting for what's next. We don't know whether we can go northeast, south, or west. Obviously, somebody wants to fucking stay here, so we got to stay here at some level. I was going to say, you totally love to stay here out, but you kind of threw that in very um, passive-aggressively. <laughs> now you want to talk about passive-aggressive? <laughs> Bitch, hold my shit. Okay. God. Okay, you know what? Let me just stop you right there, because before this, literally a week or two before the pandemic hit... We were packing our shit up because we were so pissed off at the kids that we, again, we got so emotionally charged after two years of being away from them out of the five years we've been empty nesting. We got all emotional because it was going to be another set of holidays that we weren't going to spend with all of them combined. And we said, you know what? Our job is ending in Texas. Let's just go to Oregon and be with our kids. We're going to make dinner every night. We're going to see them all the time. We're going to watch movies and we're going to watch all our favorite hot tub time machine, the perfect storm, Twister, all the things that we've been missing. They said that. They, they said that. They said that in text messages. They, they said it not every night of the week, but well, Sunny was definitely on like every single Sunday, and it's happened twice, maybe. Maybe twice. Then we got here, and it turns out kids in their mid-20s have their own life. Yeah, they don't want to hang out with us. They don't want to hang out with us. They well, love no, they, us. They, they, they say they, they want to hang out with us, but and, they don't want to. What they want us to do is go out to the freaking 9 p.m., Hipster shows, brewery. Hipster brewery that has 300 people there and they're all their best friends. And they friends. put like and Parmesan on their fries at those places and, yeah. and there's like craft beer. We don't even drink beer. Like I yeah. drink tequila, Greg drinks milk. So like they want us to come out to these like places where everybody has beard but nobody knows how to change a tire kind of place. And there is literally a place, a coffee shop up here. It's a bar and a motorcycle shop. Figure that one out. I don't know. That's like, what they do. And I didn't never see anybody working on the bikes, so that's. Just but there's weird. a bunch of bikes scattered around, and they're vintagey and okay. not, and a bunch yep. of people. It's weird. It's so, bent. It's very Super hipster. Twenty-year-old place, twenty-something-year-old place, maybe thirty-something-year-old working professional with a loft, and a trim. And they beard kept saying y'all like brown shoes. Oh, sisters would be great for y'all. Sisters, sisters, and it's like millionaires. Yeah. So. We came up here, They, we thought we were gonna be making dinner. We thought we were going, I don't know, and we know better than this. I know we know we knew better than this, but our emotional side got the better of us, and we're like, fuck Not me. everything. I wanted out of Texas. Well, I know, I know. But my <laughs> emotional side, I was thinking I was gonna come and I was gonna have to buy more forks to feed everybody, and. <laughs> and you did. I know, I've had all Why do we have forks. 20 forks? Because we did that for Thanksgiving a couple oh, okay. years ago. Fuck off. That Thanksgiving is another story. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, we have got okay, to. We gotta go back to the outline, maybe. Okay. So anyway, we came up here. We thought we'd see the kids a lot more. Turns out, kids in their mid twenties, blah blah blah. They're real busy and they have their own life. And it's not that they don't want to be with us or hang with us. It's just we had different expectations. So now we're sitting here bored and bent because we're out of work. I'm because... not bored. I love it here. You you were the one that said bored and bent. I wrote that word for word for when you said that. You son of a bitch. That's I, why we're driving. <laughs> I was bored at the RV and that's driving. I love I, Ben. That's where I was getting to. Is all in the outline. I love Ben. All in the memo. I love Ben. 
and I can't bend over because that's another thing is we were sitting around bored in our <laughs> RV park. We can't travel for work. We can't go to work. We have no job because of this pandemic. We got a trailer and now Sunny, a little camper and now Sunny lives in it. Yeah, so we bought a second little trailer to give to our daughter to stay during this pandemic so she's in her own space away from roommates and stuff that aren't taking it seriously because she has a heart condition we've got to pay attention to. So we put her in her own space. Because we have a giant truck, we had to flip the axles, which is a big job, and we just flipped the axles and it hurt Jen's back. Yeah, so we spent our day yesterday bored off our ass. We decided to go swap the axles because it needed to be swapped. And it took us two, two, a day and a half, and a lot of labor. Would you and, say yeah, laborious? So now, work? now we're on this awesome Greg lake, went to a and white she's pissed school. because she can't pick. <laughs> <laughs> he uses words like laborious all the time. Hey, there's a corgi. Yeah, so she can't bend down and pick up paper because she refused to let me do anything she could do. Yep, because I was doing it, and now I'm hurt. Well, she could have done the whole thing, but she hurt herself. I um, so made myself very sore. Let's just say that. You couldn't do it. So this is how this podcast came to be, getting back on track. God, this is going to be an interesting pilot, I think. All right. <laughs> so we're sitting around yesterday. We swapped the axles. I'm sore. We're all sore. Greg napped. Did he mention he took, like, five naps oh yesterday? Oh, my God. It was great. So while he is doing that, I'm laying on the couch with a bad back. And um, I'm going through, he's just recently made this huge transition from one online photo storage that we had with a, a place that was going out or whatever. I don't know. We needed to move. We needed to migrate uh, almost 100,000 photos that we've taken over the years. 98,561. I seriously doubt you know that number off the top of your head. I know it's 98,000. I know it's 98,000, but the 561, I beg to differ. In fact, I'm going to verify that as a I fun fact at the end of the show. No, my no. I'll verify right now, bitch. We're parking. <laughs> We're at the lake now. So um, while he was doing that, he's he's made this huge effort to move 98,561 photos, according to him. By the way, I was playing trivia one time, and they said, how many windows in the White House? And I spit the number off the top of my head, and I was like, that can't be right. And it was totally right. And I must have heard it somewhere, and it stuck. So maybe you're That's right. a little Asperger's. Yeah. Well, welcome to my world. $56, not $52. Okay. I to tell you. So anyway, I decided to start organizing some of those photos. Oh, I can't and tell you because we have no signal. Because we're, we're in, in Oregon. Oregon. I know it. I knew it. <laughs> we're in a canyon on a lake. It's freaking beautiful here. So I decided to start making albums and kind of uh, organizing some photos for other projects that I'm working on right now while he was taking five naps yesterday. And I was looking through these photos and a lot of them we use for a lot of our blog and, and other books and things like that that we see the same pictures all the time and they just kind of become the pictures we're known as bare naked family and just the fun things that we share well I was going through these photos and I was like that's a funny picture holy crap that's weird that's awkward there's a man taking his pants down right in front of my daughter how have I not shared this picture a hundred times that was Wait, what? I'll get to that one later that's a whole nother you story. didn't share that one yesterday no I need to it's in uh navy it's in Chicago when we're heading to navy pier um and I just happened to snap it at the right time and I, I remember the situation, but anyway, we're getting off topic. So I'm looking through all these photos. I'm like, why have we not shared some of these weird ass photos we have of our kids? For instance, then this is, brings me to the start of San Quentin, is... <laughs> we're there. There's this picture of Sunny. We're riding a water ferry, a water taxi across the bay uh, to San Francisco. And Sunny has got this scrounged face on her thing. She's wearing a half of a lay a hawaiian lay on her head we're going to try to tie this somehow to the podcast right okay so and there's san quentin in the back you know 
uh, right behind her. And it's just this awkward family photo of my daughter in front of San Quentin with a half-decorated Hawaiian lei on her head. And I'm like, that's the kind of shit, if I look online at Facebook or Instagram accounts, that's the kind of shit I want to see from people. I'm <laughs> and tired the story of, behind it. And the story behind it. I'm tired of seeing your perfect little shiny Instagram kids and your perfectly decorated, perfectly messy little you know Instagram houses. I want to see why that fucking kid has a half of a lay on her head and is standing in front of Stan Quentin with a frown on her face. What is that kid's story? So, side note, Jen wanted the meme framed one birthday. I got it for her of the kid turning around with the smirk on Disaster her face. Disaster girl. Disaster girl. She's got a smirk on her face with the house burning down behind her. And that is the kind of shit that inspires me. Oh. <laughs> and I saw my daughter in front of San Quentin oh, and I I'm thought. Oh, so fucked, guys. I was like, this is, I want to make a podcast based on my weird ass pictures, not all the bare naked family ones that everybody's seen and, you know, we've used for media and all this and that. I wanted, I want to start showing some of the weird shit behind our life. And the San Quentin one comes up, which brings us to. Which gave us this outline too of like, oh my God, you remember when, you remember when, you remember when, all based around San Quentin and San Francisco and all of that. And so at the time, San Quentin still are probably what? Charles Manson and who else? Scott Peterson. Scott Peterson is there. I mean, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of. So can we start with the museum story? Okay. Well, uh, we are officially done with yellow paper number two on the outline. Oh, okay. So we're in the same. We are doing great. It only took us an hour to get through three papers. (laughs) To the to the body of the story. Yes. That was technically our intro, I think. Here we go. (laughs) Marin County. <laughs> See, that's a, when you read. This sucks, guys, because she like writes really, really well. But when she reads her book and tries to do audiobook, yeah, he's the first to judge everything I do when I start reading it. That's what she does, though. You go, Marin County. <laughs> Picture the scene. It was March of two thousand five. Yep. It sounds like reading. Okay. Well, I'm, Which is I, what writing I, I is, right? I was actually right? joking. I wasn't going to read it like that. We don't I even know. have content to read, so you going to... Okay, mister. But that's why we had five mics, too. Mister, uh, the truck is not in your name. Let's using go ahead and see how you're going to While the truck's running. Thanks, babe, on your $0 a year income. Go ahead. Tell Cal me how I'm going to do my, my over podcast. Over by the Prineville Reservoir. Prineville. It sounds like we're in fucking Timbuktu, Oregon. It, we are. I know. This is... It's <laughs> middle of nowhere. It's amazing. People live off the grid out here. Apparently, because we don't have internet signal, so you can verify your facts. All right, so let's start about Sunny in San Quentin. Okay, so San Quentin, we're at an RV park in San Quentin because Bare Naked Family, and it's all about running around the country, and that's what we ended up in 2000, March of 2005. Mm-hmm. We're working a job in construction, doing superintendent work. We're relatively new to the industry. We're real new to the industry. We're about a year in. Yeah, second job, actually. Yeah, no, I did the Cole Hahn in Monterey. And then we got put on this job in San, downtown San Francisco. So we're in an RV park in San Francisco, right across from San Quentin, probably because of affordability, distance yeah, to work, well, whatever. There's no there are so many factors. And... Well, we stayed in that one that was gated. Oh, like, yeah. The, the barbed wire park fence. Area. And I actually walked and thought I was going to get mugged when I had to walk. And we had to walk because the car broke down, so we had to leave it in Monterey. So we're in San Francisco working this job, learning how to use public transportation from RV parks, which are typically very far very out. distant from yeah. the it was at least an hour commute yeah so the first it. rv park we went was that uh candlestick stadium, park candlestick yeah. park and it's super ghetto over there and it was terrifying 
So we moved to this one in Marin County, which is north of Marin San Francisco. Marin County. Marin County. Marin County. North of San corrected. Francisco, right across from San Quentin. So you're on the water and you look across the bay and there's San Quentin. And but however, we did not know. We we pulled up into this nice oh, yeah. bayfront spot and we we're like, oh, what is that? Some from sort of the, Yeah, from the scary candlestick. Yeah. yeah. So we we're like, is that some sort of resort across the way? And the, the neighbor looks over and they go, that's San Quentin. <laughs> We're, we're like, like oh. oh, really? The one where Charles Manson is and Scott Peterson and that San Quentin? Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, so we're like, that's fascinating. Let's take a picture of Sonny in front of it. And oh my God, look, honey, they have a museum. Let's well, go to the museum. To be clear, we had to commute in front of San Quentin every day. Or you did. If you took the water tax, you were, you were passing yeah, the prisoners. Remember, yeah, the prisoners would wave at you. Yep. We, so there was a ferry. There, the ways to get into downtown San Francisco for my job was the ferry right there at San Quentin, which I had to walk to for about a mile or two. And then the other way was the buses, and there was different bus systems because San Francisco and not. Two different counties. You take the Marin County bus, it ends in Marin County, and then you jump on the San Francisco County, whatever bus that was. Yeah, and that was it, what? including going across the Golden Gate Bridge every day, which every was day. really cool. Or sailing the San Fran or, you know, ferrying the San Francisco Bay to downtown San Francisco, which that was cool. That was super expensive, though. Really expensive and limited hours, and so the bus was really sketchy and cheap and took forever. Mm -hmm. The ferry was much quicker. So, looking for stuff to do within walking distance, we noticed San Quentin had a museum. On in 05, we probably weren't even online. It was probably a map or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think there was a sign out front that we kept passing that said the San Quentin Museum. And we are like, that sounds amazing. We need to go check it out. I felt like there was a sign that we kept driving past the prison on our... Or, no, cause it was old school. We weren't Googling in it yeah. particularly. So we, um, so, we had also made friends in the RV park. Who happened to be Metallica's? They, their kids went to school with some Lars, of the guys. I think. I think it was Lars in the band Metallica. Their kids were classmates in. Uh, yeah, because that's where Metallica's from. Apparently, is out in Marin County. Something like that. But anyway, their kids went to school cool. with Metallica's so kids, and so we were like hanging out, talking to them about all that. And our kids were playing with their kids, and they became little neighborhood trailer park friends. Yeah, really cool. Proud of you for saying trailer park. Because that's what it was. Because <laughs> there's trailer parks and resorts. We can go there later. But anyway, yeah. so we decide to walk over and we invite these kids. And everybody's, what, five to nine or yeah. ten or something Yeah, I don't know. Like they're, yeah, they're kids. Some, they're, yeah. Ki they're children. We have three. They had two together. There was five children and Greg and I. So we walk down the highway, it turns out. And we're like, well, this is sketchy and weird. And but we, were we don't like, have a should car. should we turn around? And we're like, well, it's only like a quarter mile. If we can yeah. make it... This is our kind of parenting. If we can make it a quarter mile, like... Yeah, then we're there. We're, we're there. It'll be fine. At it's the only San Quentin mile. Museum. On the side of a two-lane road. And we're going to learn so much, yeah. and it's freaking awesome. And museums are what you do when Most you're Most parents would say this is a very dangerous situation for our children, let alone yeah. the other people's children that we're endangering along the way. Or they just drive up to the gate and, yeah, and or, do it yeah. that way. Yeah. So we walk the quarter mile on the highway with people honking at us and five children their fist and five children in backpacks and backpacks and snacks like sippy cups the whole nine walking yards. towards san quentin and we turn the corner to the gate after walking an do hour you, probably do you remember that total we we turned into the driveway and the guard gate is like down the way and he's just like pokes his head out the thing yeah. and he's looking at us like there's a family of with five children walking to <laughs> San Quentin. What the coming hell? out of the barbed wire gates right. and heavily guarded in the guard tower and with I the machine guns. And I said, this guns. is a really weird entrance. This doesn't yep. seem right. And then that bus of convicts came in. Oh, my God. Yeah. They passed us. And we were like, children, this is what happens if you do yeah. not follow the rules. We're like making this whole thing, you know, scaring them straight. We're going to learn all about it in the museum. And the, the guy's like sticking his head out like, what the hell are you doing? And we're like, oh, we're here for the museum. 
see him. We're going to hear hours. And then he says, that museum has been closed for 10 years or some shit. Maybe 20. It's like, what the hell? Y'all should not be here. You He's like, go. what, you got Why all your kids you here? Why you got all the kids here? Yep. It was like, ugly. Yeah, we're like, that's further. We weren't going to the museum. We the museum. And so we had to turn around and walk back on the quarter mile, empty handed. That's a family walk of shame. That was a family walk of shame. We took the Saint kids Quentin. to a maximum security prison. Penitentiary. Penitentiary. Famous San Quentin. And we didn't even get a sticker. And walked sticker. up to the front fucking gate. Well, we, were, we would have bought a sticker. <laughs> we we would have got them patches. San yeah, Quentin we would have gotten patches. Ranger patches. Yeah. So then we went back to the to the park, to the RV oh park, gosh. empty-handed, and kids did not get to see San Quentin. Um but, however, San Quentin became, like, we were there to build uh, the store for probably, like, a month or two or something like that. So, San Quentin just became every day for us. We just, we saw it. Greg would take the water taxi. You know, he was commuting. Well, y'all would come in with me a lot, too. Every now and then. Cool. We would do it, like, maybe a couple times a week because it was it was a laborious, as Greg would like to say, trek in with three young children. Oh, and we were working the night shift. So, basically, we were having to run that job. It was 24 downtown. Yeah. At Union's near Union Square on the main street where the trolley cars run and turn around mm -hmm. in the downtown area. So basically you walk out, I was just in one of those little storefronts and I'd walk out and I had to keep all the construction trucks out of the way of the trolleys and the cable cars. And we'd, you know, you turn your, it, it less than a block, a block away was the uh, trolley turnaround where yeah. they end up on this turntable and push them around it was really really so cool. we were like in the heart of san francisco basically yeah. building uh this this night shift historic, yeah. middle of the night so i'd show up at probably i don't know seven o'clock yeah it would probably eight o'clock something, like, something that, like, yeah. like that the dudes the guys from the day long day they'd run it you know from 7 a.m to 7 p.m and i'd run it from 7 p.m to 7 a.m or however that worked out and so we were there all night and still taking construction crews and um so they would come down and hang out with me sometimes. I think y'all would come down sometimes in the morning yeah. and we would go cruising around. Whatever, we figured out how to tourist around that. In the off hours when, when the job was running smoothly and we weren't needed or we um, we made touristing out of going to permit offices and things like that because oh, yeah. you had to take, you, we didn't have a car because it was getting work done in Monterey. So we had to take cable cars and you know all these little buses and things like that, uh, the public transportation around. So we just decided to make it Part of how we were going to turn it into our our visit to San Francisco. Yep. So when Greg had permit visit days, I remember that being like, okay, well we'll come in there and we'll go tool around on all the the, the trolleys and everything with you. And then uh, we'll when he's working on his job site, we usually just hang out on the back of the truck or in the job site if it's clean enough and safe enough. Um, safe enough compared to a quarter mile walk down a highway to a San Quentin. Super sketchy down there in the middle of the night. Yeah. Super touristy during the day. Clean quaint you know a lot of homeless people whatever but you know enough tourists and international it was amazing yeah so we um we would go there when we weren't going to work with greg i'm gonna turn the, right the, <laughs> so they're right they're right um when we weren't going to work with greg the kids and i were staying at home taking care of the rv and and letting them have some downtime san francisco and places like that are really hard walking around and being in that kind of environment you know all day long so we would just hang out with the house the kids and i had um a little rolly grocery basket like the old ladies use um because our house was our car was still in monterey we had to still go grocery shopping and the, the nearest market was like a mile away so i'd pack up all the kids we'd pack some lunches we'd take our little grocery cart walk a mile to the grocery store eat some lunch there, do our shopping, 
and walk a mile back. So I wonder why we didn't rent a car. We always rented cars. Maybe we just blew it off. Well, I think because everybody was saying, oh, you don't need to. And we wanted to try. I remember wanting that's to what, try the San Francisco. That was part of this experience. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of part of the thing is like, let's see how long we can go. And I think we ended up going like the whole three months or something without our car. Did no, we, we go back it was only a car? couple of weeks. We went back and got it. But it was a week or two or three, something like that. Yeah. There was It was a not short or long. Okay. So anyway, um, so when we did go into town with you, we would, you know, do all our touristing, which brings us to halfway through yellow paper number three on our outline um did you happen to mention the tower records thing no that because was cool so sunny we're in march of 05 and sunny's birthday is march 6th yeah and so on march 6th sometime around when she took the picture in front of san quentin and we walked up on it <laughs> we had to figure out her birthday and so um and we were really busy with greg's work so we couldn't like do a typical birthday the way we wanted i remember we were just like we were so... We might not have had those friends yet because it seems like we would have done that. Jersey Mike and Jersey Tony were the only friends we had at the time. Yeah, the so and they guys. were the tile guys. So they were doing the flooring and they had these thick Jersey accent and they were either twins or very close brothers. They were brothers. But they, they were, were 60s, right? But they were like 60s and they, they chain smoked and yep. they come from like the most warehouse district so... in jersey and they're so proud of it and they were like super thick with their accents they're amazing their attitudes. And they love the kids and family oh, and me and we worked with guys. them overnight all the time and i don't know what their names are but we call them jersey mike and jersey tony because i don't remember their names all these years later but i guarantee at least one of them had to be a tony so <laughs> anyway jersey mike jersey tony were our only tony. friends i i went to the market and got like some cupcakes and we didn't know any kids there. This would have been three o'clock in the morning too. Yeah, we was well. Yeah, I guess it was, it was late. I don't remember the time frame. Anyway, Tower Records. So it was Sunny's birthday. We were trying oh, to do something. That's what it would have been because if I went in at like seven p.m., we would have shown up probably at five, and then the Tower Records show would have been at like seven, and so we would have done something oh, where we did the I see that. Yep, kind I of an that. early birthday with the with the Jersey guys. Jersey Mike, Jersey Tony. And it was great because they sang. We have pictures too. Yeah, and video they, probably we took of the that. cupcakes that was in there, and we we had cupcakes in this half-built store with the tile. Total guys. construction zone. And she was happy as a clam. She oh, was so it was happy. great. So then we walked around the corner, and we had been fans of Jack Johnson. And in March of '05, he oh, was okay. Let's clarify that we have been fans of Jack Johnson. Sunny was a super fan at age nine oh, or God. something. She was crazy about Jack Johnson. So this guy does stadium. If you don't know him, he's great. Go listen, but he does if stadium If you don't know Jack stuff. Johnson, get the fuck off this podcast. <laughs> Good if point. You, like, who yeah. doesn't know Jack Johnson? Okay, yeah, you're in the wrong place. If you yeah. don't know Jack Johnson, then just go somewhere else. Go to the Marin County Yeah. Jack podcast. Johnson is our language. Okay. So if you're not understanding Sunny was a super fan. She was turning nine or fan. ten or eight. I don't know, something like that. And he was doing an in-store performance that day down the street from at tower records in a record store it was a big record store in downtown san francisco but it was like that was the level of jack johnson at the time which yeah. was freaking amazing and it because was it packed. was well it was packed but it was also easy we sat three feet from the stage yeah true we got there early enough to like get some good seats but it was like he well it's record store too you can kind of move around it wasn't yeah. like everybody was rushing and cramming no. the stage this was just like people were like sitting in the aisles of this the rows yeah. of cds and all that stuff yeah so, um, and it was beautiful because they were all hardcore fans, knew all the lyrics. We all sang along together, and it's like a couple hundred people, if even that, right? Like, if even that, if even yeah. That. 
So that's like, you know, he was just on the horizon. He was just coming up on the scene. And Sonny was just beyond herself that she was actually going to get to see Jack Johnson for her yep. birthday. And I couldn't believe that that was just like, that lined up the way it did for her. It was really freaking really cool. cool. Anyway, so Jack Johnson comes out. He does a little set and everything. We're sitting right up front. Um, no, before. Before the show. Oh, what about? Before he came out. Not when she knocked in the window, right? That's after. Uh, no, when before he came out. The whole place found out it was her birthday, or we oh yeah, I promoted that. that or whatever, and yeah. so the entire record store, two hundred people, whatever it was, sang "Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to Sunny." Yeah, it was before amazing. Jack Johnson came out, that was so cool. Yeah. So anyway, he ends up coming out. He does a little show. He does a little dance. Whatever. I mean, he didn't do a dance. It was but fantastic. We're sitting, what, ten feet from oh, him? Yeah, it was awesome. In fact, uh, the kids, we gave them the floor seats, and we, you and I had to stand behind that pillar. So we had to keep looking around the pillar oh, yeah. to see the show, remember? But <laughs> yeah. anyway, so the kids... The, to be clear, everybody was looking around pillars and yeah, racks it's, of... It's, right. a, it's a store. store. <laughs> so um, anyway, the kids got to see the whole set. It was really freaking cool. And so we oh, had to get back to great. the job site. You know, it was, it was a really intense job site. We could be away from it very long. We go back. Uh, we exit Tower Records. We come around the backside of it somehow or whatever. And there's these big glass windows. Jack Johnson had now moved on to signing autographs at the table. Huge line. And it was huge. 200 yeah. or whatever wanted his autograph. And if, if we had had the time, we would have done that. And I don't know why I didn't stay behind and do it for her. Maybe we were just, it was getting late or something. I don't I know. I told you, you hate your children. I, that's right. I Hold on. Let me look at how to murder your children. There okay. you go. Googled. Um, so... We walked around the backside. We came across this huge plate glass window where Jack Johnson's back is facing us. He's maybe 10 feet from the window and he's citing all the autographs for the people. And we were like, wow, Sonny, check it out. There's Jack Johnson. Let's just like cool. stare at it for a little bit. Let's stare at him for a little bit, you know? And he, she was just, she's in love, still is uh, to this day with him and just took it in. She was just taking him in. Oh, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this little butch child just starts banging on the window like <laughs> like wait you're calling sunny butch well she was butch that time yeah she was like bam yeah. bam bam sunny's kind of a kardashian of the family she butch yeah. On his yeah she yeah. totally went butch to get jack johnson's <laughs> attention and um just <laughs> did not know she was going to do that so we were like sunny what the hell like how are you banging so hard she was literally eight or nine or just ten i don't both know arms it's just like yeah. like a gorilla at a zoo, man. She just starts yep. going to town. I will never forget the funny. look on Jack Johnson's face when he turned around, scared the <laughs> shit out of him. Yep. <laughs> and he got everybody's attention and sitting there. <laughs> Everybody. Jack Johnson spins his head around so slow, looks over his left shoulder like, what the fuck is that? Yep. And he sees this little girl and she's just waving. Oh Hi, Jack. Yep. Remember, just and waving, so smiling. so excited she got his attention. Yeah, and he just let out the biggest grin and waved back to her, and that was oh. the coolest thing, and we went back to the job site. It's better than that autograph right there. That, that was way better than an autograph. I mean, she got his fucking attention. Yeah, he was <laughs> laughing. <laughs> yeah. That was beautiful. I think he even jumped, if I remember right. But that oh was like, God. I mean, we jumped. We didn't know she was going to do that. <laughs> I can't believe the power of force that child had on that glass window. That's pretty impressive. All right, so here we go. So we're almost done halfway through yellow paper number three. All right, so we talked about how we, Greg and I would, uh, the kids and I would come into Greg's work and, and turn our touristing into going to permit offices with them so we could see this, the, the town as we went along. So, um, Greg 
job site came to a screeching halt. You want to explain why? Because I don't remember. Yeah, that. basically we built the place. We got the tile in. All the walls were done. Jersey Mike, Jersey Tony. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Those two guys, man, they got it done. So it's beautiful. It was this flagship store for this place called H2O, and they sold. It was Bath and Body Works, small yeah. scale, but huge amount of money put into this tiny little store. Gorgeous, beautiful. All these tiles we took. Remember all the tiles we took? They were water. That's right. Anyway, so never did anything with them, but no. that's what we do. Um, and so uh, built it all, but we couldn't get. And a big thing in retail was the storefronts and how beautiful the storefronts are to draw people in. So it's an extensive. It was really a large part of the budget of these stores we would do. And so we couldn't get the permits for the storefront to basically tear out literally what faces the street mm -hmm. and rebuild it and you know tear out the historic is what happened it was a historic storefront so it was a special permit and so it was a pain in the butt as we kept getting rejected kept getting rejected it was the you know you start this in pre-construction and then you have your you know 45 day schedule or whatever whatever it is to to actually build the store and hand it over to the client and so all the permits should be done quickly like with before we even start or you know within the first moments of starting and so we're at the end of this job. We still don't have the storefront permit approved because it's a historic storefront. There's like an old speakeasy, all that area was, remember it was lifted and we yeah. went in the basement right, where the yeah. utilities were and there was this gorgeous uh, speakeasy door storefront underground That's right. underneath yeah. us. It was cool as hell. So anyway, it's all related to that, real painful. So we're constantly going down to the permit office to find the status, to beg, plead, whatever, internet, permits are not a thing we were doing work on fax machines and stuff back then and so um fax machines and old nokia's yep and um so we go down to the so the kids a uh, day off that's what it was somebody sounds like they've got a little bit of the asperger's right now good maybe that's why we get along <laughs> okay so i'll cut a lot of that out no no it's good it's good oh, okay no it's good i'm just i'm making fun of you so we're gonna have I'm a day off and then they said the boss says for some reason I have to go down and beg for the storefront again on my day off and so take all the kids round everybody up in the morning or whatever and we go down to the permit office and we were gonna go touristing around that day and uh, spent most of our time at, at the permit office yeah. so we're in the permit office you got to wait in lines you got to you know beg people at counters try to get into the planning department try to get into the inspectors all of that what's the hold up what can I pay for what can I do all of that schmoozy stuff, I forget the details, but you have a permit number that identifies it you to while like you're there. I forgot the details, but whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, we're stuck at the permit office. So Austin has this little... He'd been carrying around this little puppet, this Folk Mania's puppet that we had bought, that was gifted to us, and we started a collection of them because we love the puppets so much. It's a line called Folk Mania's Puppets, and it was a little horse, and his name was Bullseye. And Austin was a very... is and was is a very comedic child so yep. he would loved carry bullseye. yeah he loved to make a scene everywhere he goes so he carried bullseye around on his arm as the puppet in every social setting uh, that we ever uh, went to he went through this whole puppet phase there and he was probably like 12 at the time loved it loved 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 bullseye so he bullseye went everywhere with us and got a lot of attention because austin would make it talk make bullseye talk to everybody have as he conversations yeah make fun yeah. yeah he was just really he had a lot of fun with it so we're sitting there the five of us three kids two adults and a folk mania's horse puppet on our son's arm and his name is bullseye so he was sitting there with us and where were you going with that because no you're, you're going good you're, okay you're going asperger's now go for okay, it okay so um 
but I don't remember this part though. Like, how did we, we, it was our turn to go into the permit? We're in a waiting room, is yeah. what I remember. Okay. And this guy comes by, and he's oh, one of the many guys, one of the many people yeah. that just kind of walked by us at any, at a mall or wherever we were. And Austin would grab his attention, and our kids would, and they would, he would do a little trick for bullseye. Do, he got, trick? He, no, he, he made bullseye do a little. He got that guy's attention with Bullseye. Yeah, and he, he, he had a conversation with Bullseye. And yeah. so this guy sat there for like 10, 15 minutes yeah, with him. It was time. an unusual, like, attention at the time. And so it was cool. And they had this little connection. It was a really nice guy and everything. And we were just we just thought it was the coolest freaking thing ever. Oh, and he pointed out, your, your horse is missing its tail. Oh, yeah. Bullseye came to us without, miss, without a tail. He was missing a tail. And uh, we never thought about it. And, I mean, we... Yeah, it was just the way it was. It was just, probably a good little find a, yeah. or a gift or something. Yeah, I don't I can't know. Remember where we got that guy from? But anyway, so the guy just mentioned your horse is missing a tail. Austin yep. says, "Yeah, he's he never had a he came to me without a tail." Yep. So that was that was it. That, that was, was it. Guys, see you later. Didn't, I don't think we even introduced names. Nope. Nothing. It was. He just didn't like, even talk to us. He was talking oh, to yeah, the he kids to and Bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're nothing with the kids. Is yeah. Oh my God, that's true. And so, so it was it was a cool cool moment. And we didn't think much about it, and so we're leaving. We're stressed. Not maybe not stressed. No, we anyway. were because they're over there having this moment with Bullseye. We're like, God damn, like this. Yeah, I just job need the permit. Like, yeah, I just need... we were freaking out. And... Oh, and we couldn't get anywhere, and so we're leaving the place frustrated because I couldn't get anything yep. done, and I had to tell the boss I didn't get anything done, and I forget the details. It was gonna be bad. No it's just bad. What, yeah. It sucks. You didn't get anything done. You went to try to get something done. It was your day off. Sucks for every reason. It sucks for. Mm -hmm. So we're on our way out of the building at the uh, downtown San Francisco building department. And this yeah, like lady comes building. busting out of this elevator. No, she's like running towards it. We're in the elevator. The oh, yeah. doors are closing slowly. It's like something out of a movie. This <laughs> lady, this lady, like, like, hold the door, hold the door. This lady in this office wear and her high heels comes running. Out of like, breath. Out of breath. And she's like full pace running toward the, ele the elevator. And there's other people in the elevator. So I don't, you know, we're not thinking anything of it. We're just like, somebody push the button. This crazy lady's running toward the elevator. <laughs> And she's like, she gets to the elevator, opens, like, puts her hands on the door, stops the doors from closing. We're right at front. We're the front people in the elevator. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad I caught you. And we're like, is she talking to us? Who the fuck is she talking to? Like, and she's like, Lawrence Cornfield would like for you to have this. And so she, she pulls out a piece of paper. And on this piece of paper is a tail, a stuffed animal brown. tail, brown Which, tail, matches, yeah. matches bullseye safety pin to the paper and she said Lawrence wants you to have this and she goes I don't know what this means but here's the yeah, tail here, take the tail and so then we show her the puppet and everything and, and oh we're like, okay I get it but she it was literally like, did. It was, hold on it was like a magical moment we're like are you kidding me we just had this sprint to stop the doors from the <laughs> bullseye has been has he's been donated an organ basically and <laughs> It's like a magical moment. I remember the kids' faces lit up. They were like, oh my God, Bullseye finally has a tail. And the fact yeah. that it was a long tail and it was brown and it matched him, it was just like this amazing. It was cool. It was an amazing moment in our kids' childhood. And they were like, they yeah. literally lit up, smiling ear to ear. And then Greg says, hey, do you mind if we go say thank you? Because we don't know who the guy was. We yeah, I, no nothing. Hey, let's go. Can we say thanks to the guy that gave the tail, right? Yeah, we, I guess we were assuming it was the guy that sat there and talked to our kids for 15 minutes. I think we connected that. But. Yeah. But uh, so she's like, yeah, come on in. So meanwhile, we're holding the elevator open for all the rest of the other people. They're having this moment and talking. And we get out of the elevator. She takes us over to this guy's office. Well, had, a little more to that as we go up to the top oh, floor. Oh, true. Yeah. 
And then we go to the corner office in San Francisco. So it's not even on the same building. floor. We were like at the peons floor, basically. Yeah, yeah the, the permit office basement all yeah. the time. Yeah. Every time, you know. We're in the Losers. Ship. Yeah. So I forgot that we had to go up to oh, like yeah. the top, top level. floor. And we're like, well, that's weird. This and is then big. corner yeah. office. And we're like, well, that's wow. weird. And so we get to the corner office and it says it's Lawrence like Cornfield. <laughs> it was. It was totally 80 Secret to my success kind of yeah. crap, you Some know? Michael J. Fox shit happening up on that top level. It exactly was that, you know? Yep. And so we walk up to the door and it's Lawrence Cornfield, chief building official, which is the president, which is the, if it's the chief building official of San Francisco, of San Francisco that's like the guy that can get any building done. He shows up on the freaking. It's the the master. It's the the it's biggest the highest. Guy. It's, it's the yeah, guy. It's the highest building. level you can go. Yeah. In building permit land, which is the world I was in. Yep. So we're like kind of starstruck in our totally career because like, we're like heck? people just don't get to come up to this office. I promise no, you that. No, no, heavily protected. Right. So we t we tell him, dude, that was awesome. Thanks so much. Like. Yeah, I Walk in, he's got fit pictures of his family. Yeah, it's just a family guy, super sweet. nice. Yep. And he says, "Well, we couldn't let we couldn't have a horse without a tail, so I took one of these tails off one of my other stuffed animals that he had laying around his office, like you know, like his kids probably gave him or something, like little yep. gifts or something." So he explained to you know how he how he wanted to get Bullseye to have the tail, and we're like just gushing over it because we were just like that was the sweetest thing anybody's ever done for our family, and it so was just. Cool. The humanity behind the gesture for those kids was just unbelievable. So that was like, we were just totally geeking out on that, right? And uh, and then he says, he goes, why are you all here? What, what well, we talked to him for 30 minutes about his family. Remember oh, all his yeah. family photos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and we're talking about the tale. Of course, me and Jen know exactly where we are and what this could result in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we put and, the charm on. Oh, yeah. Just total. And I mean, he was no, a super easy. guy. He tells us he's got all this sailing stuff around his, his his office. And he tells us about how he runs this. His passion project is this um, uh, sailing the bay with... Uh, I believe it's like disabled, disabled, disabled people. Or like... Teaching. Yeah. And just yeah. working with disabled and, and uh, challenged people to... Um, sail the bay and teach them how to sail and give them that experience of sailing and it was his non-profit and he was heavily involved and he just loved it that was his passion and he really i think we he, we spoke mostly about that yeah you know about his kids and wife probably but um the the sailing sticks out for obvious reasons but yeah um it's great we get to the end of the conversation it's just time to move on and just time to go yeah we've already taken up this guy's you know almost an hour of his time probably by now by you, yeah, I literally keep thinking it was 30, 45 minutes. It was excessive. Yeah. You're like, this is a busy guy, obviously. We got it. Kids, let's go. We got to get Bullseye home and get this operation underway. You know, like, uh, actually, we just safety pin. We use that same safety pin and safety pin to do his butt, but the tail is his <laughs> Bullseye. Totally did. Um, yeah. But anyway, so we're backing up and then. Yeah, and so he says, well, why are you here? And I had a, the um, a sticky note with the permit number on it because you don't have a smartphone or any of that either. And so I said, oh, this permit. Yeah, we're stuck. And we're somehow all... I had played it cool the whole time. I yeah, I think you said we're well, building a store, but we're permit stuck right now. We're just trying to shake it loose. Yeah, I might have said that. But at the end, he goes, hey, what's the permit number? I'll see what I can do. And so I hand him the, the permit number. And, of course, the ending result is that within a couple of days we have our permit. I think it was, like, the next day you had the permit. If not that night. Because if that it was night, like, it was like, he just like, like Daddy goes, I'll take care of this. Yeah, he just goes, I'll take care of this. And he did. And it went away. And I don't remember the timing on this, but basically on our way out too, he's like, guys, will y'all go sail in the bay with me tomorrow? 
And this was like a Tuesday or something. Yeah, I don't know. middle it was of the work day. We couldn't even take enough time out for our daughter's birthday. Actually, it might have been a Saturday and we had to work yeah, on the weekend. Been. We were the weekend shift, I think. My point is, is we hardly had enough time to celebrate our own kid's birthday. How are we going to like take a day off to go sailing until we thought, like, who's going to, like, what boss in their right mind would tell us to pass up on going sailing with the chief building inspector right. of San Francisco. And we, it, the, it, I think the point is, too, is the next day was a work day. The next day was a work day. It was an absolute, I was scheduled, and I, I needed to be even, there. I think you even said yes to Lawrence before you even, like, obviously he's like, would you go sailing with us tomorrow? Going sailing oh, I, with I, me well, tomorrow? Yeah, so I call my boss, basically. I say yes, I say maybe, I, whatever I say. I'm grinning ear to ear because I know what my boss is going to say when I ask him, do you want me to go sailing with the chief building official tomorrow or do you want me to, go to, you want me to show up for work and, and manage carpenters or whatever the hell, <laughs> I don't know, cabinet insta installation or, you know, yep. the cleaners or whatever at the end of the job was happening. Yep. Oh, and I, well, one, I got the permit. Two, you want me to go sailing or go to work? Yeah. And of course the boss is laughing and enjoying the story. And, and he's like, go And he says, sailing. you're absolutely going sailing. And so... We went and sailed the bay with Lawrence Cornfield, the chief building, chief building official. Our first time official. on the bay sailing. I mean, we had done the probably the tour to that island prison. Alcatraz, yeah. This was a full on. Sail. No, this was sailing in a regular, yeah. like a personal type sailboat, not had, small, like, the, but he, the big cabin. He even had the hat, like the sailing oh, hat, yeah. that captains have for that. I mean, it was like, and he oh let the kids gosh. drive the boat and. Yep. You know, do and all that told stuff. us about Mizzen Master, whatever the hell. I mean, all this stuff. Yeah, it was like Captain Ron, San Francisco oh edition. It was, it was amazing. And so, um, we got to take the day off of work, spend the day sailing around the San Francisco Bay, a memory <laughs> so that still awesome. just lives in our head, like so thick. So um, amazing. And because of our relationship with uh, Lawrence, we were able to successfully close one of, of what I remember being a very difficult job that was stuck in permits and all the reasons and all that stuff because we took the time to like spend with him our kids in a complete like okay so let me let me wrap that up because I really want to wrap that up properly is is we were able to close that job because of that relationship that we fostered with Lawrence over a couple of kids and a silly stuffed animal and then like so back up a little bit too and look at the look there was something big about this is I had no confidence in this job. Yeah. They brought me to work with the original owner of the company, the general contractor is in construction. I was going to do the night shift with him, which was a huge deal for me. Yeah. And our friend had brought us in to help assistant superintend a coal hon or whatever it was, We're a really fairly high-end retail. I mean, we oh, I'd never done construction before in my life. We, you know, I wasn't stupid i could read like schematics electronic schematics but never really spent time with blueprints but it translated turns out it translated pretty easy mm -hmm. they let me into the construction industry on a whim and then gave me a job in san francisco kind of on own, a whim yeah. Yeah. on my own for a night shift but it was you know it was still a big deal because we were running crews it was you know bruce is the primary guy the the, the stone company bruce stone he owned the company and eric lyons had, was running it but anyway they gave me that shot and we built the relationship. It was, it, it, and, and we had set off originally too to work with the kids. We always wanted to work with the kids and somehow we just assumed we'd be bringing them in on these jobs and we I, did and I it feel worked. Like that's not gonna make a lot of sense to people because like, I think we need to explain, you know, I think, I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna make a lot of sense to people but we were in this whole 
shift in our life of like if we're gonna if we're gonna be bare naked family be out here on the road doing things differently we're gonna do things our way and we were so goddamn <laughs> what were we like you could tell we were asshole <laughs> so no because we had the great cor corporate job we had that story the corporate job making a bunch of money bought houses sold all our shit and hit the road yeah our ego went to we're only going to do things with the family and that was bare naked family and oversimplifying and work's not going to get in the yeah. way and we went fucking broke to a point where there's another three dollar story that was before all this happened but we went broke. We did it foolishly at some level. Well, before we even get to that point, it's like, I, I'm I'm not trying to like, uh, what I'm trying to say is like, you have to understand why our kids were in the permit office for any of this to like really like grab you by the balls and get your dick hard. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we were so like determined to not let work interfere with our life. That's why we, we turned touristing, you know, going to permitting offices because like we're not going to let greg be you know away from his kids you know 15 hours a day on some of these projects we're going to have our kids with us if we're going to work on this you have to understand that we're going to be having our family around and, and they're going to be an integral part of it maybe not integral because they were you little know what kids at the and time. we probably never even said that to stone company we we're hungry as shit right yeah, we, we needed work have been we needed income yeah it was autonomous work is basically we're out with nobody else yeah and so we didn't have anybody to answer to in the field i mean the bruce guy I would enter, I would, you know, cross paths with him in the morning when the shift changed, basically. He'd say, we did this, do this tonight. Mm -hmm. And then I'd meet him in the morning and say, we did this, you know, but he's the lead. So he, he did whatever he did during the day. And then basically it was that handoff. So I would imagine the kids and, well, I know the kids and Jen showed up and met Bruce several times. Oh, yeah. But we that, wouldn't yeah. have pushed in on him. No, no. And but... we definitely got to the point, and maybe we were at the time, we pushed in on, on, on family being involved. Yeah, like, we're not going to work our lives away and be away from our kids. So we were always dragging those kids around to all of our job sites. And, it's funny I got turned around. Yeah, I feel like we've been here before. We totally, yeah, I just lost. So we've been babbling, so Greg's been looping around. I'm doing which, circles. Uh, we're at the same place again in the last five minutes. It's beautiful. Um, <laughs> so we had our kids with us all the time. And uh, we turned things like permit days into, you know, family days. And I think that's something that Lawrence was really inspired by because he talked a lot about his family and his kids. And family was ultimately very, very important to him. And he, being the official that he was, talked about how he still managed his time very carefully because he wasn't about to work his career away. You yeah, know, away which from is his why kids, he talked about his Which is why we too. all got along and which why I think he was like, he was, he was really taken by our family being there with, with Greg and, and doing all that. So, um, I just, I look back on that, you know, I was looking at that picture and just that whole story and, and thinking about like how ballsy we were and how, what did I say earlier? I said something like how, there was some ego involved. We have some regrets on how we spoke and acted around people, certain family members and stuff. And but, just, yeah, you know. I mean, I'm just, I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, you know, I look back on that and I think where we were at that point in our life specifically with just that moment in time, that story, um, that place in our career, we were so fragile needing this work, but we were so hell bent on not giving up our own ideals of what we had set forth to do by giving up the big career and all the money. Even though we were hungry at the time and needed that job, we still like made that, we, we made it work 
I look back and I just go, holy shit, we were so goddamn gutsy to do that. It's so ridiculous at the same time. That would have been job suicide for so many people. But I think the way that we have uh, we have a gift of fostering relationships with people, so it doesn't seem like we're coming across egotistical when we say, yeah, we'll do your job, but we're going to do it our way when our kids are going to be there and they're going to go to the permit offices well, with that's us. Good, but that's what I think. I don't think we came across that way at all. No, I, I, I know we did it. I'm just saying, I'm looking back and going, holy shit, I can't believe... When we needed the job so badly, we weren't willing to, like, just leave the kids at home and just get the job done, you know? We still did it our way. But there was some foolishness in that, too. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. I can't believe it worked. I can't believe we did that. And, but we did. But we did. And it. Worked. And I can't believe it paid off. It's like we closed a very difficult job that nobody else could close. See, and that's where that language, it's hard to describe that, you know? Yeah. Why are you the way you are? You know? I, I mean, it's, it's yeah. like... There's reasons like that why we are the way we are because we definitely have made the mistakes of leaning in on Trying to explain we're not going to do the corporate thing. We're going to do our own thing. We are our own. We, the kids have to be there We have to be together. We have to work together. And it wasn't like our kids had to be there where we had to see them It was like we were trying to give our kids a different life than we were giving them with the success of an American dream career And all the hours away from your you know, you were away from that family hours and hours yeah. You know, you'd see them in the morning, you'd see them in the evening, and that was about it. And our weekends were consumed with either trying to fit in fun things or trying to keep up with the, the life that we had created, you know, the house, the, the maintenance and all that stuff. So, you know, looking back and thinking about, you know, what we were trying to do, our kids, the reason we were adamant about having our kids around us or on the job sites with us is so if we have to work, which we obviously have to work, Unlike your mother thinks, um, <laughs> you know, that you were a stay-at-home hippie dad that you know played drums all day and uh, smoked a lot of pot. I don't know what Naked. she's thinking. Um, that would be weird if your mom said that, but um, that you were naked doing all that. Well, my other mom thinks we're Matthew McConaughey's buddy. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think you went there with that is it with something that it that triggers me that was really cool is we also that was around the time we developed the life because like basically we were working the 40 60 hour week or whatever Monday through Friday nine to five kind of stuff through the corporate world from our youth into 98 you know the 10 years and then we took time off and didn't do that well meaning um, we should have started working sooner than we did then we took that work, the general contractor work, and we were building in the San Francisco story. And part of that job that we learned that I'm just kind of, I mean, in some ways just dawning on me now looking back, was we learned we could make a lot of money quick and then back off and not work for a while because that was the nature of that job. Wait for your next job. Basically, here, yeah. do this. I got this work for you. It was just that size company, whatever. Yeah. However they were situated, it was like, I got this work for you now. I'm confident it was 1099 work yep and we would pop in do a store and when the store ended you had no guarantees that the next one was the following week yep. I think that's where it was like two weeks to two months off and then we you know keep in touch with them and then come back when they needed us yep that's, and we learned right. that we could put a lot of cash at the time we happened to not be banking for various reasons but we just didn't have any banks so we'd stash cash under the bed and that job, I remember we walked away with a, with $14,000 cash under our yep. bed and said, we don't know what's next, but we've got this cash under our bed and we're just going to make it work. And for us, we we can live off of that really easily. We didn't, you know, life on the road is just a couple of takes of gas and, you know, 
pretty much no bills and all that stuff outside of like a yeah, I think we literally bill. were spending maybe twelve to fifteen hundred a month at the time. Yeah. Extremely yeah, anyway, extremely right. different from our stick and brick lifestyle, which was, you know, mortgages and you know electricity and Yeah, no, trash. that was food, gas, clothing, yeah. everything. That was R V yeah. parks, rent, utilities. So we could live phones. on fourteen thousand and take some time off and still have enough money to like get us launched into whatever's next yep. know, next job or whatever. It lasted a long time, and I think that is one of the places where we learned something that has happened in our life is, God, how relevant for now, that we could work our asses off and then take two or three months off yeah. and be fine and pop right back into it. And we've been managed to do that over the years, and sometimes it's worked three years really hard and then take two or three months off. Or It's been various iterations. There has been no real pattern for us in that. No. And there's been certainly not a good directional that we've wanted to do where we're in Texas in the right part of the year and in Oregon in the right part of the year. That so, we, sucks. so that we would be both happy. You know, we always end up see, in Texas in the summer yeah. or a period of time, which takes us through all the seasons. But that said, we've always been adamant and very clear to basically snow, excuse me, to snowbird to go spend our summers, summers up north and winters north. down south. Yeah. I mean, in Texas being south for us. And uh, we haven't managed to do that well. No, we either, what we've managed to do is live in either the Northwest or Texas for periods of time. And we need to, we need to figure that out. Because... You know, but, but, but too, there's something, I was talking to this other guy the other day about the pandemic and it's like take two or three months off is basically terrifying, I think for most people. And for us, we just kind of, I mean, it's stressing us out, but we did a sigh and we were like, yeah, that's no problem. Well, this, the, the stress is coming from like, we don't know what the economy is going to look like. We don't yeah, know on the other side, be, yeah. It's not taking the two or three months off, you know, to be very clear. It's, it's, it's what's coming up next. Is there going to be any work is how safe is the work going to be? That's where the stress comes so from. So are we there on the yellow paper? Okay. So yeah, I get word. We are nailing the yellow paper because that just pretty much leaves us back at the trailer park, northeast, well, south, or west. What I'm talking about right now is kind of what we're talking about right now. And we're getting very frustrated. We're in the pandemic. We've been isolated for right at two months, I think. I'm pretty sure. 17th? Yeah. So we're, we've been isolated together, which works really well because we actually get along really well. Yeah. But um, it's no less isolation. It's that fear and anxiety of what's next for us. We happened to get here to Bend and expected to take three months off and started working for three months right away. So taking this three months, we're just reasoning that that's how it works. It's working out. Okay. We planned for this anyway. So that's not the stress. It's something that we keep conflicting about is what's next. Because we came up here, did three months of the general contractor type work. Yep. And so now we're talking about do we go east or south because north is kind of off limits. Do we stay put? Go east or south. Jen's always like, I, I think she'd go to Texas right now if if the right opportunity presented Yeah, I'm right. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. There's no And see, that here. pisses me off, though. I'm like, I'm so, f I well, fucking I hate go, Texas and I it's summer. Go, I would go south and then I would go east. I've said this a hundred times. I yeah, would, I would but swing I want to stay in Bend and you seem to not even like fucking acknowledge that. Oh my God. I do acknowledge that. <gasps> I'm here, aren't I? Yeah, but you're like adamant about it. let's go east Bend and let's fucking County. take regular jobs. And I'm like, God well, damn it, no, we're gonna go because... over there and we're gonna end up. Yeah. So six months down the road, we were talking about this morning. Oh so God. we get six months down the road, and we're in freaking Ohio, and the snow comes, and you're gonna hate it. Yeah, of course I'm gonna hate it. 
You're going to hate it too. But you keep you. pushing for that. You're no. like, let's go work with those guys that were saying, you know, there's some work stuff over there and in construction. And I'm kind of, I'm not sick of it. I enjoy doing it, but it's a pain in the ass. And I'm like, well, let's try something new. And so and we've got a few cool. things going on, right? Yeah, and it would so, be cool to try something new. My terror comes from trying to do it in a pandemic with some guy that wants to beat on the drums all day. Not you. So, but that's one I know, but naked. <laughs> But that, that, that's the possibility, right? So basically, I keep coming up with this. I, I want so badly, and this has been going on for years, is I want to do these micro-developments, these little subdivisions of RV parks, because RV parks are expensive and full all the time and monthlies and all that. And own your own piece of land and all of that. Jen knows it ad nauseum and whatever. Then I talk, talk about, okay, why don't we just go off and do something just entrepreneurial, We've done it a hundred times with the kids. We haven't really done it without the kids because we empty nested yep. and did the hospital full-time work. Then we did the construction full-time work and that's it. And my, my trepidation comes from seeing how egotistical we are looking back at Marin County photos in 2005, seeing how we threw our dick around. It worked and sometimes it didn't. And I don't know if this gamble will work or not. And I'm just at a place in life where I'm not 27 years old throwing my dick around anymore. And I'm scared about the outcome of it. So sometimes I do like the solution of like, okay, then it is Ohio for that job because it's stability and it's like long-term. And I'm kind of cool with that in a lot of ways. And I'm kind of not. I See, and I don't want to do that right now. I don't, I don't think I want to do that right now. I know it's there and possible, but also I'm scared as hell that the construction industry just falls a little behind. And then we go up and we try to do this thing. And if it's friends and referrals, and then we end up over there and we're like, okay, I can't do this anymore because it's minus 32 degrees. And then we're like off to Texas and just starting over again and again. And then the construction industry might flop. And so I'm like, why not try something new, which is either these micro developments relative to the construction industry or doing the, 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 what I keep thinking too, is maybe going back to websites that where you can do e-commerce is just something that just can locate, actually not even that, just location independent, which means working on the web. Just finding a good connection, and it mm -hmm. doesn't even freaking matter where we are, and we have friends that do that. And so I'm like, well, why not just start a business doing something where we can work wherever the hell we want to work? I mean, there's so many work-from-home jobs. and But actually, I'm even talking even more is that risk of the entrepreneurial work-from-home. Yep. And that's what you don't want to do. I do. It's not that I don't want to do it. I hate when you put the words in my mouth like that because that's not – I don't – I, and I tell you that when we're talking over dishes or breakfast, it's, and I've been very, I've been trying to be very transparent that that's not what I'm feeling. And I, I know that I've succeeded in those words. I know that I've told you, it's not that I don't want to do that. I've, I've told you it's because I'm scared. I don't know what's coming up. I don't know what the economy is going to be. But we I'm take the last, too. the, do we take the last of our, I'm you, scared of the construction and going back I'm to scared what of that we too, all And I tell you that too. I'm scared. I've, I tell you that because I tell you, you say, should I go back to work and do that? And I'm like, no, I don't think so right now. And it's hard. I've been very clear this time around telling you that, no, it's not that I don't want to try that idea. I'm just like, I don't know what to do in the middle of a fucking pandemic and this whole new normal that's supposed to come out of it and try to like go reinvent the wheel somehow in the middle of all this. It's, it's, and it's that's exhausting. where I don't think we're reinventing the wheel. It's just something well, that I mean, we're going back that's to something the, yeah, maybe that we that's just... Yeah, not the right way to say that, but I have said it's not that I don't want to do that. I have been very fucking clear with you, and you know that. I've said that. So how do we end this with that conflict and, like... <laughs> 
Because this ain't over. Make some sweet ass sex on the side of the road. <laughs> I'm pulling over. <laughs> That's 